Hey guys, before we dive into the show, I wanted to tell you about my new trailer music toolkit, which is 100% free and you can download it right now over at richardprin.com forward slash toolkit. This toolkit contains... Firstly, my perfect trailer cue blueprint. It also contains a handful of one-shot samples, like huge trailer hits, pings, plucks, brahms, booms, transitions, and downers. Perfect for beginners, pros, and everything in between. Okay, let's get into the episode. My track Thread of Time recently landed on a trailer for the video game The Lost Ark. They've just done an update called The Artist Series, and they used my track Thread of Time. In this video, I want to give you a lovely walkthrough of how I approached writing this track. Now, this track was for a dark fantasy album. So the references were, as you'd imagine, dark fantasy movies, specifically family adventure stuff. So we were to use orchestra, tuned percussion, choir, and really bring home all the Danny Elfmans in all of us. I really enjoy this type of writing, and I really enjoyed writing this track. As a result of writing these tracks, I actually produced a course called Dark Fantasy, just to show people how to write this type of music for movie trailers. So... What I would like to do is I'm going to show you the track first. I'm going to play it through, and then I'm going to break down exactly how I wrote it. So let's check it out. Thank you. 
Okay, so there you go. That is my cue of the thread of time. The track name was changed, I think. I can't remember what it was changed to. I very rarely know the actual titles of my tracks. This was the working title, The Thread of Time. So, my approach was very straightforward, and it starts with either tuned percussion or short strings, because I want to establish with the pattern and the harmony. So I started, as you'd imagine, with this Celeste, which the Spitfire Celeste is probably the nicest Celeste sample ever. Not that I've tried all of them. <laughs> There'll be a lot of Celestes to try. I wanted it to be in a minor key because I wanted it to be dark, obviously. So I've started this in C minor. So the idea was I wanted it to be pacey. A nice way to do a pacey track is to put in 6-8 because it gives it this lovely galloping feel. So it feels like it's moving really well throughout. It gives a natural sense of drive to your cue without really having to do too much. And also this whole idea of patterns in threes, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, gives this kind of triplet feeling, gives it a sense of movement again. So these are all easy wins. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be in 6A. I'm going to do B and C minor. I just want to come up with a chord sequence that was quite fast moving because I wanted this to feel fast. This was the whole idea. I'm going to really hammer home that point that I wanted this to be quite fast. Let's have a listen to this because this was the starting point for the track. You'll notice the use of B flats in the key of C minor. So rather than just going C minor to F minor, which would be with a natural minor key. So I thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to chuck in a few other elements here to make it feel like a major cue, but give it a dark feeling. I raised the A flat up to A to give us F major. And then I raised the B flat up to B to give us G major. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. So with the natural sixth and natural seventh, it gives it this lift, like the Dorian having the natural sixth or the harmonic minor having the natural seventh within a minor scale. It just lifts it. Uh, and that was what I wanted to achieve with this. Yes, I'm going minor and dark, but I'm going to be using a different mode to give me different effects. And that's the key to this type of writing. This kind of dark fantasy stuff, you, you explore different modes. If you can start to explore modes and start to borrow notes and chords from other keys, then all of a sudden you expand your composing vocabulary that much more. So if we were to have kept it as a flattened seventh with just a natural sixth, this is what it would sound like. it loses its edge. What would have happened if we'd have kept it as basically the harmonic minor with a flattened third, a flattened sixth, and a natural seventh? What would that have achieved? How would that have changed it? It's good. 
having the major fourth chord in a minor key gives so much lift to the track. What happens if I change it to a major key? Basically going one, four, five. <laughs> it sounds... I just want to jump here and say that I was writing in the key of C melodic minor. And yes, I'm embarrassed. I couldn't remember that. Anyway, let's move on to the track. My general idea with this was to say, if I'm going to work with this chord pattern, I'm going to use this for the first like 40 seconds. And it's just about expanding the orchestration, really. So if you listen, it starts with the Celeste and then the choir and the short strings just double up. The short strings are literally just doubling. And the choir is just picking the top notes. <laughs> Which is brilliant. It works so well. It's kind of like Carmina Burana. Same again. Woods just picking out that movement of the choir, but lower down. It's really nice to be able to use woodwinds. So often in trailers, we chuck the woodwinds out the window, but in this style, you can chuck all the woodwinds you want, and it's lovely. I really, really love woods, so it's really nice to hear them and use them. Okay, that was basically my act one. I'm setting the scene. Nothing's getting massive. I'm not even really using any massive drum hits or anything. And then we roll into... Okay, so this is a tactic I like to utilize a lot, which is compressing and expanding the chords. Each chord was one bar. Now I've expanded each chord to be two bars. And that gives me a chance to introduce this Pirates of the Caribbean swashbuckling melody. That was the plan, anyway. I just kept that idea of this kind of quite percussive melody line that would bounce off a cello string really nicely and sound really fat when it was played by brass. So I've given that like that kind of moving chord phrase to the short strings, the pianos, the woodwinds, the choirs, and then given it to the brass and thrown the choir up. So throwing them into the air. So as you can see, this is like such an easy win when writing to make your track feel progress, like it's progressing. Just take the idea, put it up an octave, take the idea, put it up an, up, up an octave because it gives the sense of growth and building without having to think of any new ideas. Okay, this section here, this is that thing I often talk about where you just repeat the last chord, the last motif, the last drop, you just repeat. So you, it's almost like your vinyl has gone on loop and it, and then it get, which creates tension. You're like, Oh, it's not ending. It's not ending. Damn it. Why is it ending? End. And then it ends. You go, ah. and that's the idea. 
mentally when I hear about this, I think, yeah, I could probably make the drums a bit bigger. And actually what I did before I recorded this was I took everything down a bit because I know a lot of you get a lot of you get upset seeing how much my <laughs> tracks peak. <laughs> okay, so this is another little trick. You go, okay, I've established my chord sequence in Act 1 and 2, but I want it to feel like it's changed in Act 3. So instead of continuing the same idea, I go, okay, let's introduce a new chord sequence. That gives me a chance to bring in growth and development. And I'm not. it's not anything complicated from what I remember. Ooh, blimey. So much going on. Yep, C minor up to F minor. I've changed key. <laughs> Not changed key. I've changed mode. I'm still in the AC minor key, but I have decided to go to the natural minor because then I go to yeah, C minor, F minor, E flat major. Great. So I'm pretty sure that I add some extra bits in there. Okay, I bring in that kind of major fifth chord. So major, oh, it's dominant fifth in there. So I'll bring in the dominant because it's got the seventh flat seventh in, in the chord, which is the which is the F in a chord of G. I bring that in at the second iteration of the chord sequence just to give it that lift, which is really common in this genre, as it is with neoclassical. In fact, pretty much a lot of trailer music utilizes that. So that's the kind of micro of it. So let's think about the macro, the big stuff. I also wanted to bring in my, I wanted to bring in one of my heroes here, which is Philip Glass, which if I just solo the woods and the tune percussion. There we go. You can hear I've gone, hello, I've gone from Danny Elfman and I've switched to the Philip Glass because this type of writing lends itself beautifully to fantasy and drama. So that was the essence here. I was like, okay, I'm also coming from three. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Well, sixes. So I've also now switched to fours. No, I haven't <laughs> switched to sixes. One, two, three, four, five, six. So we've gone from threes, one, two, three, one, two, three, to one, two, three, four, five, six, and expanding the number in your pattern from a three to a six opens the pattern out. And that's what we want to do in Act 3. We want to feel like it opens out. And obviously... Choirs... Brass, the string longs. So there's only really two ideas going on here. There's the arpeggio, and then there's the harmonic-based melody. So I'm using notes from the harmony to create a sense of melody. Massive easy win there. There's nothing crazy going on here. I'm just picking out, I'm just using the drums to accent, which is what we do, and using the 
symbols to again accent, but also to add a sense of scale and explosion. The tam-tam, the symbols, they give you this high frequency, gives you this wonderful expansive sound, which is really cool, really key as well. That's pretty much what I do. There's two parts to this. comes the second part. There's that ending. I've repeated the last sort of da 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 again da 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 again da 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 it's too much and then you end. You could call this as an act four, and I could have put a stop down here. I could have put some rises in there too. It's funny, when you come back to a track, sometimes you go, oh yeah, I could have done a lot more here, or I could have done a lot less. It's really interesting, because I've wrote this a couple of years back now. Um. I'm thinking, where's my riser? <laughs> where's my riser? We then sent this off for the strings to be recorded live. What are your takeaways from this? This is why I do this. I don't do this because I love listening to my own music. Although I do love listening to my own music, but that's not the reason I'm doing it because I can just listen to my own music whenever I want to. I'm doing this to give you guys takeaways so that you can take your work to the next level. And the takeaways here are to explore modes. If you're writing dark fantasy, explore modes, explore different notes within a scale, different chords within a harmony. Try it. And there's no one's going to tell you off if you switch between major and minor chords either. The Beatles did it all the time. They championed, you know, starting with a minor root chord and then shifting to a major and vice versa. That gives us new and exotic sounds and feelings, which is what this stuff needs to bring. It needs to bring something new and exotic. It's fantasy. It needs to feel otherworldly. And that's how we do it here. The canon of film music, which then built up to Danny Elfman's fantastic scores for so many dark fantasy movies, have given us this language of using tuned percussion and woodwinds and pizzicato strings, which obviously comes back to the canon of silent movies with a player piano. In this instance, that sound palette with those modes, all of a sudden puts you in this world. So a lot of the work is already done for you. And third takeaway is you can take a simple idea and exp- and just roll with it. Just act one, play it like this. Act two, give us a variation of that same idea. Act three, give us another variation of that same idea. And then when you go through those, you can explore different patterns one two three 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 four five six one two three four five six one two one two one two one two one two one two by doing that you start to explore the effects of pace and expansion that are induced by these patterns changing like that thanks for watching and listening guys you're awesome hey guys 
Thanks so much for listening. I have something really, really exciting to offer you. I've put all 12 of my trailer music courses into a bundle called the Ultimate Trailer Music Bundle. And I've put it on for a very, very special offer. Head on over to richardprin.com forward slash trailer music bundle to get your hands on this awesome deal.